Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go-getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to episode 244 of the Anthropology Podcast. I'm Dr. Megan Walker, and I'm hanging out with you alone today. I want to take you through something I have been working on, not just working on, I have literally been working on this if I'm going to say the better part of the last five years. And it is, it is a framework. It's a framework that in my mind actually encompasses and represents what anthropology really is to me. And people ask me all the time, well, what is anthropology? And because it's a term that I made up, I get to define it in any way I want. But for me, anthropology really is the investigation and study of what it takes to be a high performing entrepreneur. And the place where I've found the confluence exists for this is in understanding and breaking apart the mindset that drives people to create to to take the risks in their life that enable them to create it is the health capacity and bandwidth that we need to have in order to continue to push and uh, drive our mission and our vision forward. And then it's the inherent entrepreneurial skills that enable that to happen. And all these three things in my experience actually hang out um, in in various strengths at different times. Some people are like diehard entrepreneurs and they need help with the mindset and they're, they're adapt to burning their body out. Other people have this incredible mindset and this mission and they care for their health and they've had to learn all the skills of entrepreneurship. Um, and for other people, there's a different combination. And so there's not, there's not one set of things that have to be here in some sort of perfect formulation in order for you to be an effective entrepreneur or for you to be able to leave your mark in an effective and compelling way. And what I want to take you through today is an expansion of this, of this thinking. And over the last probably five years in working with patients and having these incredibly intimate and privileged conversations um, with some of the, the biggest entrepreneurs, uh, certainly in, in, in this country, in Canada and beyond, um, I've realized there are certain things that need to be in balance as people move through life. There are certain considerations that we need to be aware of. And I've so far come up with eight eight categories of things that together um, I have decided because I'm making it up. I get to do these things. I've decided encompass something that I am calling the anthropology life system. And the reason that I put this together is partly to expand my own understanding and knowledge of what enables us to tick, to really start to appreciate the balance that we need to have in our lives as entrepreneurs. I grew up, as I've shared before, in an entrepreneurial family. And, and in growing up in that family, we had you know one primary metric on the business side that we were always sort of leaning towards. And that was, you know, are you making money or are you not making money? And I rather than making that my metric 
in isolation, as I stepped into parenthood and as I built my business, I really wanted to take a yes and approach. So yes, we need to be able to earn money in our businesses. Yes, we need money to have economic bandwidth for our missions in the world. But I actually believe that having a fulfilling life, winning at life is about more than just how much money you make. And I really got fascinated with what that is, what we need to have in play, what we need to be aware of. Because I know a lot of people who make a lot of money who are miserable, who are unhealthy, who are not inherently uh, philanthropic. In fact, they're like complete assholes. And it doesn't mean to have money means you are those things. But what if we took this yes and? What are the other areas of our life that we have to look at? And so I have eight pieces. And in some of those eight elements, I've got some subcategories. And what I'd really like on today's episode is I want to introduce you to them. And I'm going to share with you at the end in pulling out uh, these different categories of the anthropology life system, what I want to do with that. And we've got something new that I'm going to share with you, a project. I call it a 5 a.m. project, which is a project that doesn't really fit into the, the full landscape of your business at this moment. But you're, you're so driven by it and so passionate about it. Passion fizzles, fizzles out. So I had to capture it while I had it. But you're just, you're like, I just want to create this thing for the sake of creating it. And so I did. Um, I created this thing. And uh, it's going to be available at the end of this year to help kickstart off uh, 2022 for people. And I'm going to share with you what that is um, when I've taken you through the uh, life system because the two things tie together. So let's kick it off. Let me take you through what these eight categories are. And I'm, I'm really interested in hearing from you. If you want to reach out to me uh, on Instagram at Dr. Megan Walker, I'd love to hear from you whether or not you think there's more categories than this, how you feel about these categories. If, if I shared some of these categories and you're like, oh, I don't like that, or it created tension for me, um, I'd love to know about that. Hit me up in, your, in my DMs uh, and let me know how you're feeling. So here's the first category. And I feel like it is a driver and a prerequisite for everything else. And I want you to just be able to visualize what I'm visualizing here. This is not a matter of, um, this is this is not a triangle and we've got a bottom layer and a top. This is not a hierarchy. I really view this as a wheel. And in the middle of the wheel is a, a little circle and it says your life. And these are all things that are pointing in towards uh, your life. But I believe that they work together to help make it complete. And the first one, this is something I talk about all the time, and I'm a guest on other people's podcasts. This is what I break down, and this is the idea of purpose. So I've shared with you before that purpose is, is something that I believe is fundamental to all of us. I believe it is available to all of us. I think we have some strong misconceptions around what purpose actually is. We confuse responsibility for purpose all the time. But purpose, in my mind, is the confluence of things we're good at, things we're passionate about, and things that enable us to have a contribution. Our children are not our purpose. They are a vehicle in which our purpose can flourish. But gosh, it's an awful lot of responsibility to make our children our purpose. Our purpose has to come from inside. And in order to find your purpose, you, you need to have the self-worth and believe that you are worthy of living a life on purpose. And you need the time and space to be able to explore what that looks like. Lots of us, for lots of reasons, have just been executing and going through the motions and never kind of stopped to go, whoa is what I'm doing every day fueling my purpose. And one of my really quick gut checks around that in ensuring that I'm not over committing or I'm not engaging in activities that aren't in alignment uh, with my purpose is I like I really check in on how I feel about Monday mornings. And on Sunday nights, I genuinely go to bed excited for Monday mornings. Partly my kids go back to school after two years of being at home. But also, also, I, I love the work I'm putting into the world. Sometimes I take on too much and thank goodness I have, I have the skills and knowledge to be able to support my body when I, when I make that uh, choice. But by and large, for the most part, I get up every single day and the work that I put into the world is in alignment with my uh, purpose. 
which is giving more people access to the tools that enable them to live a fulfilled life. And in the work that I do with clinicians, it really is underscoring this idea that when people have their health, they can change the world. And so that's always where I started. It's always a through line in everything that I do. But I believe purpose is one of the key areas of that anthropology life system. And so I ask people, I will ask them in practice and I ask them now when I'm mentoring, when I'm mentoring entrepreneurs, I, I ask them about their purpose. How do they identify and how do they articulate it? We know when we look at blue zones around the world, that one of the features of these people who live to 100 or beyond with high quality lives is that they can identify as having a sense of purpose in their life. We know that having a sense of purpose decreases your risk of cardiovascular events, decreases your risk of anxiety and depression, increases immune functionality, decreases cancer risk, increases longevity. Like just about everything we want to move in the proper way is actually influenced by having a sense of purpose. And I believe everyone has the right and the ability and the capacity to be able to identify their purpose. It doesn't mean you have to live your purpose and work your purpose every single day. Um, but when you're aware of it, you can make better decisions to move yourself closer to it. So it's one of the elements of the anthropology life system. The next section is one I call impact. Impact is like one of my words. Gosh, I host an event called Impact Lives. As some of you know, it's coming up. If you want to join us, impactlivesevent.com. Um, but uh, impact is different than purpose. You can get up every single day and live your purpose. But then the question is, what type of impact do you want to have? And are you having the impact you want to be having? And that's the big question here. Part of this whole section of the anthropology life system is predicated on you having clarity around the kind of impact you want to have. And I don't mean when you're 80. And I don't mean the way we do when we look back over the course of our life. But right now, in this season, are you having the impact that you want? Maybe you're, maybe you're home with your kids and you're like, my purpose gets to live through them. That's the impact that I want to be uh, having, but are you having the impact you want to have at work? Are you having the impact you want to have on your family? Are you having the impact you want to have on your own growth and life experiences? You have to have really honest conversations with yourself. And the second question I ask on the backside of that is how do you know? What metrics are you using to measure the success of your impact? How do you know you're having the impact that you want to have? I believe that we are all striving for that, but impact is where our purpose gets to come to life. It's the tangible results of that purpose. The next section, because it cannot be overlooked, is income and finances. And I might also argue in here time. Because I do believe that the three of these things are inextricably tied together. What are your income goals? What are your financial goals? Are you hitting them? Is, is, and are finances taking up more of your stress bandwidth than they deserve to? What decisions do you need to make around that? I would do a lot of work with female entrepreneurs and they're building these mission driven heart centric businesses. And I'm like, amazing. How much money are you making at it? They're like, Oh, I don't, I don't look at that. I'm not a numbers person. Part of bringing these pieces together is acknowledging the interplay between each of these sections. Not being a numbers person is an out. I think we give ourselves when we haven't necessarily had the exposure. What exposure do you need on that income and financial side? If you didn't have a partner contributing to your income, could you support your family? What decisions do you need to make in order to do that? What information do you need to know about if you were suddenly in control of all of your family's finances for more than one generation? Do you feel like you are equipped to handle that? Why or why not? In my experience, one of the most liberating things we can provide an individual 
And in many cases, women, or however you identify, um, is the capacity to manage and handle their finances with confidence at, in, at any age. And so it is something that I very intentionally uh, work to be able to provide um, frameworks and access and language to with respect to my kids. Uh, but I believe it's important for everyone to have uh, responsibility and a voice when it comes to uh, income and finances and the role it plays in your family and the role that it plays in your own life. We all deserve access to that confidence. What learning do you need to acquire in order to continue to grow in that arena? And there's no criteria in the anthropology life system, at least not yet, because I'm literally sharing this with you in real time as I'm continuing to work on it. There's no scoring criteria where you're like, great, I'm a 10 out of 10 on the finances, moving on. There are probably categories that I can pull out in each of these areas. And I'm going to work on doing that because I actually kind of think it would be fun. Um, but it's never about, you know, you've, you've reached your pinnacle of this piece. It is always going to be about identifying where you can go next with respect to your learning. And so that's the question I ask you in the absence of that framework. Where do you need to add to the learning in the realm of income and finances? The next section of the anthropology life system, I'm going to call it the ELS just because it sounds kind of cool and because I can, um, is around growth. So when we talk about growth, I actually break this down in three separate areas. And the reason I acknowledge this here is I want you to have time and space for this in your life. When we talk about a balanced life, we talk about balance all the time. Oh, I would like to lead a balanced life. And then everyone's like, well, what does that mean? You're like, I don't know, but I know I want it. This is kind of the framework I'm talking about, that at any given time, one of these areas may lead but that it is not leading at the expense of the others. And so growth is something that I, uh, I get really excited about, that I want to make room for. And I've broken growth down into three subsections, spiritual growth, intellectual growth, and emotional growth. Because a lot of people will get caught in their lane on this. They're like, oh yeah, totally into growth. And then they're caught in their head all the time. So those other two arenas are like, oh yeah, like not for me. I don't meditate. I just like read my nonfiction. How many entrepreneurs, when I ask them questions at the end, are like, oh, I only read nonfiction, right? They're totally in their head. But entrepreneurship gives you this incredible opportunity to accelerate growth in all three of these areas, spiritual growth and emotional growth. What are you doing to attend to each one of these areas? Where are you, uh, where are you falling short? And what can you do? to change that. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about growth. And it's not something that we, you know, save to retirement. This is something that we all have the opportunity and the right and the privilege to be able to start to address now. And even in great tragedy. So one, you know, I'm interested in your thoughts on all of this, but I want everyone to understand that when I design the system, this is not a system that is a hallmark of privilege. Because I witnessed this system and these priorities in full play with individuals regardless of economic and educational background. These are pieces that are available to all of us. And if you're falling short in one particular area, how do we resource you to be able to move up in that particular realm? Following growth, and again, not a hierarchy, just, just a, a thought process. Following growth is the area of relationships. Gosh, this is an area I really have to, I have to consciously focus on uh, when I'm working on every level. Like I can go, I'm in my podcast studio right now, I can literally lock like two layers of doors and sit here and just put my head down and work. It's one of the secret skills that I have. I can just kind of focus and knock things, uh, knock things off, not people off, knock things off. 
Um, and so I really have to be mindful. I have to be mindful of the fact that at this moment, I'm going to open it up so that I'm giving you true, honest feedback. I have 30 unread text messages in my message thing. Like my friends joke all the time. They're like, if we need to reach Megan, we text Greg because I can get super hyper focused. doesn't mean I don't think about those people all the time. And in fact, probably half of those messages, the messages are half typed. Um, but one, I can, I get distracted by squirrels. And two, um, I, I have to be aware that relationships are something that I have to intentionally, um, I have to intentionally act on because I can just put my head down. And I know where that came from. I know where that came from as a kid. I know where that capacity to just kind of put my head and my blinders down and, and do what I need to do. Um, but it's, it is not a reflection of who I want to be and how I want to make people feel. And so again, when I talk about what my ideal life looks like and my vision for my life, um, I need to make space for relationships. And I break these relationships down into five different categories, your friends. And I put friends right at the top because it's super easy to be like, I make time for my spouse and my kids, but you have to make time for your friends, your children, obviously your, your children. I don't want anyone to think my kids are neglected. They're doing just fine. Your spouse, not going through the motions and planning all your kids activities. But like, when was the last time you went out on a date? You just had fun. You were just laughing. We make a point of watching, um, comedies together. We're watching one of two things, either like very violent action films or comedies, mostly comedies. Um, anyone is welcome to psychotherapize us um, because we love to laugh together. And it's been hard to leave the house for the last little while with, you know, three young kids and a pandemic happening. So how do we, how can we laugh together in our own life or we play games together, whatever it needs to be, but you need to spend time. You need to date your spouse. And what about your broader family? So I know sometimes they can probably be a little bit annoying. I'm not saying that about mine. Gosh, unless they're not listening, but no, seriously, what about your broader family? How do you make room for them? How do you intentionally add them to your schedule? How do you make that extra effort? How do you make them feel special? And then lastly, your community. Maybe it's a church community. Maybe it's a mastermind. Maybe it's the, the people on your street. We live in this awesome neighborhood with this incredible community. And, and one of the, my joys is being able to be able to go out and, and socialize with people. Since we got a dog hanging out with the dog people and all the cool things that they're up to and all like it, now we're at a different cross section. It's not just parents. I, I really love it. I really value uh, our community and what that brings to my life. I have to make room for that though. I have to be intentional around how I want uh, people to feel, how I want my friends uh, to feel. And it's an area where I know I have to bring constant uh, love and attention. The next area in the anthropology life system, and we've got three more to go is experiential. What experiences do you want to have in your life? Not in your retirement. I talked about this with entrepreneurs all the time. They're like, oh, when I sell my company, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like what experiences do you want to have right now? I remember I worked for this other business and I got to travel a few times for work and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love traveling. By the way, I talk about this all the time. I literally grew up on airplanes, different podcast episode, but like love to be on an airplane. And so when I got to travel with work, I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I don't know what's going to happen when I'm, when I'm not working with this, with this business or we don't choose to pursue it. One of the things I was really sad about in terms of leaving it was how am I going to be able to travel again? And then I thought, no, wait a second, let's change this around. Let's add travel to that vision board of things you want to do. And lo and behold, what did I start doing? I just started investing and going to different masterminds and different events. And I, I grew my business through my relationships, ironically. And I just told you that relationships are something that I have to really make an effort around. Um, but I wanted, I really, it was really important to me to be able to cultivate and, and have that experience in my life, not just in a retirement context, but as part of my work. And when I got clear around the fact that I wanted it, 
it somehow was amazing how it just showed up. It helped to inform the decisions that I made with respect to how I set up my business and how I set up my life. And I talked about it with Greg, my husband, and he was fully in support of me traveling to build my business. There's lots of ways to build your business. But I knew when I had an opportunity to really connect with people that that was going to be uh, one of the ways that I could accelerate our growth and impact. And he was on board with that. And it has been a massive personal game changer for me. We love to travel with our kids. So what has to happen in that income finance category? What has to happen with respect to my schedule and the type of businesses that I own so that we can make room for those pieces? It's all around intentionality. When you're clear on the things that you want in each of these categories, you're also clear on the things that you are willing to cut out. Things that maybe were important to your parents, they don't have to be important to you. This is your life. This is your opportunity to build things with intention. This isn't like rebelling and wearing that outfit your mom didn't want you to wear in high school. This is sincerely about building the life of your dreams. The next section in the anthropology life system is health. And health to me, this is why I struggle sometimes with it being like this pinwheel. Um, but I do believe all these pieces have to exist in balance or the wheel doesn't work. Health fuels so many of these other elements with respect to our life system and how we live our life. I do not believe, someone asked me this the other day, do you, they said, do you believe you can live a fulfilling life and not have access to your health? And I said, no, I don't. Now you can be sick and you can have a disease, but you can still have, you can still have health at the same time. You can still understand the, the capacity of your body. You can still do things every single day to maximize your energy. We did a podcast recently. Um, I don't know if it's coming up or we just did it with, uh, I know it's coming up with Megan Valero and Megan is, um, she's a naturopathic doctor who focuses on cancer. And she was talking about one of her patients who she, Megan happened to run her blood work one day and was looking at her patient's blood work. She's like, Oh my gosh, my cancer patient's blood work is looking like healthier and more vibrant, um, than, than my own. And she was like, cause I was so consciously working to make sure while she was going through treatment that she was simultaneously, uh, also able to maximize, uh, maximize her energy. It's a great episode coming up, by the way. Um, and so, you know, in doing that, this is what I mean. You can have a coexistence of disease and health. But again, it, it really comes down to prioritizing and respecting and in many cases, revering your body as the ultimate tool to make the rest of these areas happen. And you can start to see as I'm talking through them, there isn't one particular area that is necessarily more important, but there also isn't one particular area that we can do without. All of these things need to coexist and coalesce. And while, again, sometimes they're going to be stronger than others, there's also going to be a time where we are not necessarily, um, where we have to we have to cover for one of these areas where we might compromise on our health for a few minutes because we're pushing something forward, but that doesn't work indefinitely. We, we cannot push one of these, these spokes of the wheel out indefinitely at the expense of the other or the wheel no longer works. The last section in the anthropology life system for now, because I'm open to your feedback and I would love to hear it. Hook me up uh, with a DM on my Instagram at Dr. Megan Walker. The last section of the anthropology life system is something I call legacy. And in legacy, I talk about it in three different capacities. I talk about it in terms of financial legacy. And financial legacy, this might be this might be philanthropic legacy. This might be uh, family trusts that you leave. This may be gifts that you know you provide in other capacities. I don't know what you want to do with um, with the wealth and the money uh, that you have accumulated in this life, but I do believe that we should be intentional 
around it. We should be intentional around where it goes and we should be intentional around how we plan for that so that those people who are left to manage our affairs uh, in our passing have a, a really clear understanding of our intention and our wishes. Otherwise, it's a lot of work for them. Under legacy, I have financial. I also have intergenerational. And intergenerational could be financial, but here I think about it in, in entirely a separate realm. What are the values, the ways of thinking, the permission that you want to give to other generations? What intergenerational trauma are you carrying from multi-generations back that you have the opportunity to stop today, to not pass on to your kids? You have to be aware of that. You've got to do that work. What things do you need to stop? And what new message and new, and new narrative do you want to push forward? That's on an emotional level. In some cases, one would argue that's actually on an epigenetic level. And, you know, speaking of this notion of epigenetics, what type of intergenerational health do you want to provide? I'm super interested in how we care for mothers before they conceive their first child. How do we ensure that their system is as healthy as it can possibly be? I remember I used to run um, environmental markers on patients, and I became fascinated with this idea that we could find women who had high levels of mercury and who didn't necessarily want to do anything about it. They're like, well, you know, just is what it is. Um, and then they'd have a baby and we'd retest and those mercury levels would drop significantly. I started to realize that a detox, that, that pregnancy is one of the most compelling detoxes we can possibly have. How we care for our health before we have children actually has a massive impact, not only on their immediate health, but on their lifetime health, on their genetics, on your grandchildren's health. And there's very compelling stories and studies, pardon me, uh, to support that. So what intergenerational messages and intergenerational intentions around health do you want to interrupt and discard and then create for future generations? And then lastly, on that entrepreneurial side with respect to legacy, what about your intellectual property? I'm talking to the people who are trading their time for money right now, who are working really, really hard because they think it's part of their purpose or their impact or it's feeding their income and finances. What are you doing to design components of intellectual property that allow your way of thinking, your professional contribution to live on? Do you have a signature system, a signature approach that we can package, that we can articulate, that we can pass on and teach to other people? What decisions can you, you be making with respect to how you build out your professional contribution so that we can pass those lessons onto others. Maybe, maybe that is packaging your RFP. Maybe that is creating a time and space for mentorship. What does that look like for you? So here's the thing is when I say that to this particular group, I'm not worried that you're going to go, Oh, that's crazy. Why would I want to do that? Because you're hanging out 244 episodes into a podcast because you're an intentional person. Cause you're the kind of person who thinks about these things because you are doing more than going through the motions of your life. And so legacy, looking at it financially, intergenerationally, and from an IP or professional contribution capacity, these are all things that I know you're probably going to want to think about too. So that's it. Those are the eight categories of the anthropology life system, purpose, impact, income and finances, growth relationships, experiential components to life, health, and legacy. And what's so interesting when I look at this is that my first daughter, uh, her name is Naya, and we spend a lot of time finding her names, um, means purpose. It means purpose in Swahili. And my middle daughter, um, Raylan, her name means legacy. So these aren't just ideas that I've uh, come to um, 
come to think about on my own. They're kind of things that have been brewing within my uh, subconscious for a for a period of time. And how I want to bring these to fruition, because it's one thing to talk about all of them. You're like, this is great, Megan, but what the heck do I do with it? How do we build intention around these pieces every single day in the midst of all the doing? How do we make sure that we have being that's happening as well? Is I created this little 5 a.m. project and I want to tell you about what it is. And you can't, you can't access it yet, but I'm telling you, it's on its way. And if you want to, if you want literally on the ship, if you want to um, be kept up to date as to what we're doing with this, um, then just follow along on my Instagram because that's where I'm going to share everything. But uh, I created something called the Anthropology Planner. Not because creating planners are like this breakthrough idea, but because I wanted a planner that actually supported my idea around the anthropology life system. I wanted a planner that was not just about how do I get more productive with my time, but how do I, how do I focus just as much around my being as I am focused around my doing? So this is not a planner where you're going to find like from 5am to 12am, all the things you have to execute on. I'm pretty much guarantee you're all using Google calendar. Anyways, this is a planner where you lay out your daily activities. You score yourself on how effectively and how authentically you have uh, lived the day, how focused you are, how productive you are how attentive you are to your health. This is a planner where it lets you plan and commit a week at a time to your health goals, to what you are or are not going to eat on any given week. This is a planner where you can record your KPIs, key performance indicators. I talk about them all the time, a quarter at a time. You've got daily KPI scores related to self-compassion and health and productivity and focus. And you've got different lists that you can keep your main three things you're doing for work, your main three things you're doing for life. Cause I can't stand it when they're all in one list because I never get to my life things. I just focus on my work and then other tasks and decisions. I don't know about you, but my decisions are a line item on my to-do list. Like sometimes I don't answer the two second email because what it actually is, is a 40 minute thinking session. So we need to recognize as we are evolving deeper into our own entrepreneurial life, that we actually need to be mindful of the time it takes to make decisions. There are sections within the journal on a daily basis for you to be, have clarity around the type of day that it is. Is it a stage day, a day where you're seeing, you're seeing patients or working with clients or earning your income or performing your craft? Is it a follow through day where you're doing all the, the follow-up stuff that you're like, ugh, I don't love doing it, but I know the fortunes in the follow-up. Or is it a deep work day where you're going really deep on those areas that are totally in alignment with your purpose and impact? So you have an opportunity every day to check off and acknowledge the type of day that it is so that you build your actions around that. There's areas where you can acknowledge your morning routine, your opening and closing routines so that we are creating systems in our life that move us closer to what we actually want to be living, our anthropology life system. Now, I appreciate that this project is entirely selfish. I, I, this is the first time I'll just say this. I didn't design this for everybody else. I designed this first for me. And then as I was getting going with it, I was like, oh, maybe other people will like this. Maybe this will be helpful for other people, not necessarily to just be more productive, but to be more intentional around what the journey of entrepreneurship can actually bring to their life, can actually bring to their family, can bring to multiple generations. That's literally the vision um, of the anthropology planner. So like I said, it is currently on a ship. We decided to do a limited order for our first, uh, for a, our first round. And here's what I'd want to know from you sight unseen, cause you haven't seen it yet. How many of you would be interested in getting your hands on a copy of the anthropology planner? The anthropology planner will come out, um, for, 
four times a year. You'll be able to order it. And here's what I'm going to suggest for all of you today, because I want you to have a sense of what it is, uh, what it is like. You can head on over to meganwalker.com forward slash podcast, and you can check out today's show notes, episode 244, and you can download, you can download a PDF version of the Anthropology Planner. You can start to have a look at it, decide whether or not you want to have one of the limited edition uh, copies that we are going to make, uh, that we are going to make available to us. Um, but you can definitely head on over to meganwalker.com forward slash podcast, and you can get a sneak peek as to what it's going to be like. You can download the PDF. You can start using it. I've been using it. I've been using it in a paper format. Well, I await, uh, the next, uh, the next iteration, the tangible physical, uh, iteration, but I would love to know what you think. So a few call to actions here. I tell people never have more than one call to action, but if you want to check out, uh, the anthropology planner, you can head over to meganwalker.com. You can download that, uh, at our show notes. You have to opt in to do that so that we can follow up with you when the real ones get here to see if it's something that you'd be interested in. And I want to know over on my Instagram, what do you think of the anthropology life system. Am I missing anything? How did you resonate with the idea? Where are you going with these thoughts? Like always, I'm Dr. Megan Walker. I'm wishing you an impactful week ahead. And I can't wait to hang out with you again next week.